You're listening to iFanboy Talk Explode with writer Matt Fraction of Fear Itself. Hey, welcome to another edition of iFanboy Talks Blowed. My name is Ron Richards, and this week we're talking to Matt Fraction, who had a big release this past Wednesday with Fear Itself Number 1, which hit the stands. The big Marvel event that's been hyped up since December finally is in our hands to read, so we thought it'd be a good time to check in with Matt and talk about the book, as well as his work on Thor, Iron Man, his uh, look at his run on X-Men, and also get an update on what's going on in the world of Casanova. So that said, let's get right to it. All right, so I'm here with Marvel writer Matt Fraction. How you doing, Matt? I am good. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, so we are here to talk because unfortunately we missed each other at, at C2E2, so we didn't get a chance to talk about Fear Itself. But I'm also, I'm kind of glad we didn't because those interviews at the cons get so hectic and we've got the camera in your face and all that sort of stuff. It's better to kind of hop here on the phone and talk a little bit more about it in depth. So I'm kind of glad we're doing this instead. Oh, oh, I, yeah, no, I, I saw it the other day and I was clearly a little punchy. Um, <laughs> Um, so, so it's good that we're getting this out of the, you know, I've had, I've had almost eight hours of sleep. I'm, I'm in really good shape. That's good. You're energized. All right. Excellent. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, rested. I'm rested and I'm ready. Okay, cool. So for those who haven't, you know, watched the live blog press conference or read all the articles for the uninitiated, what is fear itself? Uh, fear itself is, is an event. It is a capital E epic event. Uh, and it is the story of what happens when the red skull discovers that Odin isn't the all-father, or at least might not be the all-father. Um, um, the Red Skull discovers through her father's uh, arcane magical journals this uh, secret history of the Norse gods um, and uh, 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 is able to complete a task that her father was not able to do. Uh, uh, this leads to the freeing of this ancient deity, this Norse deity, uh, uh, that has long been imprisoned, trapped somewhere on the earth. Uh, she is transformed into a deity herself uh, for her hard work, and the two of them, uh, the serpent, uh, who is the deity, and then and, and this transformed red skull, is set about uh, waging war uh, across the earth. Um, it's Captain America's worst nightmare come true in that it is the red skull uh, even more powerful than her father ever was. Um, and it is uh, 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 Thor's worst nightmare, and that everything he thought he knew and understood about Odin, about being a god, about Asgard, about everything, is possibly built on a on a on a on a on a, on a house of lies. Uh, uh, and um, um, this, this, this these these monsters uh, feed our our deities, our gods that feed on fear uh, rather than awe or wonder. Um, um, they are here to make us afraid, and the more afraid of them we are, the more powerful they get. Um, they don't want our land. They don't want our uh, stuff. They don't want our money. They want to make us terrified because the more terrified we are, the stronger they are. So it's it's a real it's I mean it sounds like it's one of those kind of cross sections between you know because the thing with Thor is that it's the Norse mythology and stuff like that, but it's also here on Earth, and so like Earth becomes the battlefield. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It is um, um, ultimately it's a war between gods, and we're in the middle. Um, um, this, this, these, these two have a serious bone to pick with Odin, uh, uh, and, you know, they want the, the, the kingdom of, 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 uh, of Asgard. They want to sit on top of, uh, the nine worlds. Um, um, and, uh, uh, we are in the way. Um, and so, yeah, it is, a it is a, a, a big epic, you know, a kind of a giant story. It's the kind of story that I think Marvel does honestly better than anyone else. Um, and, and, and it's a big Cap story and a big Thor story, and we've got, you know, Marvel's gone to all the trouble. My, my joke at the, uh, at the convention was Marvel's gone to all the trouble to make these two movies to help us promote the comic. Um, so, so while Cap and uh, 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 Thor will be enjoying their, their highest profiles ever, we've got this kind of uh, uh, Cap and Thor story to end all stories going on uh, in, 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 in the back. So it is... Um, uh, timely in that way, right now. And now I've heard you at you know at the conventions and through other interviews, you know, kind of tell how you know Brevort you know, said, "Hey, we got these movies coming out. Why don't you come up with a you and Brubaker come up with the Cap Thor idea?" At what point did it evolve into okay? Now Matt, you helm this event. Um, you know, it, it, there was no sort of. I, I think we kind of pitched in the room. Uh, uh, you know, Ed, Ed and I were, were were kind of working on cooking up a Cap Thor story and and had some issues with how the tie-in was working and, and how you time it. Like, 
how do you have issue one come out in May for the Thor movie, but still have it be accessible by issue three in July? Like we're getting wrapped up in the minutia of stuff. And it was Casado who said, um, um, uh, is it okay if I swear, by the way? Oh, absolutely. We're on the internet, man. You can do whatever you want. Uh, uh, yeah, I know, I know. But still, I just, I, you know, I always feel, I, I don't want to um, um, disobey the rules of the house. No. Anymore. It was, it was, who literally said, fuck marketing and uh, 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 fuck everything else. Just tell me your story. And as we told him the story, uh, it was Joe who said, this sounds like an event. Um, and that was where we were really off to the races. And then just kind of that day in the room as we kept talking about it with, I mean, Ed has a really big summer coming up with Cap. And I just think in the, in the telling of it, it kind of naturally became more my thing. And Ed realized with his workload and everything else, it, it, it no longer was a fun self-contained miniseries we were going to co-write. But as it became an event, it no longer became feasible for Ed to be a part of it um, in, in the way that we had been talking. So uh, 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 that was the sort of it, I guess. Um, and and it seems and it you seems know. that it naturally it naturally seems to be coming out of the Thor world a little more than the Cap world, at least from what we've seen so far. Yeah, I think that's just sort of yeah. I mean, it's you know, um, there's a reason why Ed wrote the Book of the Skull. You know what I mean? It was uh, uh, really his story to tell. Um, uh, it, it, it comes out of the Thor world, but it deals with Cap's world. You know, um, you know, it's, it's we've got we're dealing with a Steve Rogers these days who is basically the world's top cop. You know, he sort of sits behind a desk. So, you know, Cap has to deal with these catastrophes happening all around the world when he isn't out in the field. It's his job to look at TV screens and tell people where to go and what to do. Um, so we're dealing with, with Bucky, and I don't want to blow the ending of, of what Ed is doing in the next couple of months in, in Captain America, but it is... Um, oh, gosh. It's just... A, I think, it's, I think it's, it's the best that he's gotten. And then what comes next, I think, is even... Is, this is sort of... I don't understand how Ed remains as good on that book as he as he does as long as he has. Um, but it, it very much is about about Steve and Bucky um, and where they are when the story starts and how they get elsewhere. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so um, so a lot of the uh, a lot of the, the marketing for Fear itself as it, as the build up really they, you know they did this you know teaser campaign and we got all these images and we got introduced to these hammers and what I kind of described as a, it seemed almost like it's a mad 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 world of all these people <laughs> heroes and villains chasing hammers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, yeah, yeah, the, the first couple issues sort of are. the first act is very much about about that. Um, um, and what they are and what they do and what happens when their rightful owners find them. And and uh, and you said there are nine we got that number nine popping up again with the nine worlds there are nine hammers, is that true or Yeah, there's uh there's uh the serpents, uh, there's Sin, uh the Red Skull, and then uh there are seven more. So we have these sort of nine we have an army of nine basically declaring a world war. And when, I, and I, when I say World War, I mean it is uh, it's exciting to write a Marvel story that doesn't all take place in the same 4x4 four four block of Manhattan. <laughs> um, this, is really, this really does have a, a global impact. Um, um, the, you know, the Iron Man stuff is all in Paris. And, uh, uh, yeah, there's, there's, it, it really is global. There's a lot of stuff in, in Brazil. It's, it has a, a, big, um, a big scale, which we don't normally get to do. Uh, uh, um, so it's, it's fun to play, uh, to really have a World War, you know? Um, I'm sorry. I'm using fun in, in air quotes. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, not really fun. You know I mean. Yeah. Well, well, you've been fairly outspoken in 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 terms of this type of story, and like you said, you know, that this is the kind of story that you know Marvel does well, and that you know these big kind of comic events. You know, with doing a big kind of event, did you want to make it worldwide? Did you want to make it all encompassing? Oh yeah. That, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally. I wanted it to be. I wanted. It was a thing that we did, and I thought, we, our generation, we've never gotten to see Cap fight a world war. Uh, there's an image at the end of the second issue um, that was in my head very early on that I wanted to see, that I wanted to get to, that I wanted to get on the page, because we'd never seen it before. I wasn't alive when Cap was fighting a world war, and I know how the second world war ends. Spoilers, <laughs> the good guys win. There's no Cap World War II story that ultimately will be so good that it transcends my fundamental understanding of the knowledge of history, right? <laughs> it's like, it's like ultimately, any World War II movie, hey, that's, well, there's one, and I don't want to say the title for people who might not have seen it. Yeah, fine. Uh, that is why that movie is so fucking genius. Yeah. Right? I know the one uh, you're talking uh, about, I think. <laughs> Yes, yeah. you do. Uh, uh, so, so I wanted to see 
Captain America fighting a true world war. Um, because that's what he does. That's, that's Cap. That's, even the movie takes place in the Second World War, right? Um, um, that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see Cap leading a global army against a global threat and not just, again, defending you know, from Fifth Avenue to, uh, to, to uh, 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 54th Street and back again. <laughs> yeah, a crisis in Greenwich Village, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, no, Madison Avenue! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, so there have been a lot of, you know, when this got announced and, and the word event has gotten so much baggage over the comic, you know, kind of the comic uh, sure. industry and that sort of thing. Oh, sure. No with, doubt. with fans. No but I've been really impressed about um, how, particularly you've been handling the, the questions about, you know, is this self-contained or do I have to get the, the side books and all that sort of stuff, as well as, you know, we talked about this on the, and during the press conference, you know, I asked you about, is the book going to have an ending? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's, it's a chance, you know, I'm a big mouth. I got an awful lot of opinions, and I got no problem sharing them with people. Uh, so, uh, so when I got the opportunity to do this, and and, and this, this this gift of an opportunity, I mean, I, I, it's, it's it's in a lot of ways just as a fan, as a reader, a chance to put my money where my mouth is to to to, to do write the event that I want to read, that I want to see, you know, to do it the way I've always thought they should be done, you know. Um, and yes, there is a beginning, there's a middle, and an end. Uh, does it, 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 in the way that Civil War had a definitive ending, but also set the tone and tempo for where the universe was going? Um, uh, like that was a template. I thought that was very, that was very well done. I, I enjoyed that. I thought that was great. It, it was an event that, that resonated and had an effect, but still had an ending. Um, um, and, and I, and I, I don't, you see it time and time again where people are penalized for not being able to afford or not knowing that they need to read 83 different tie-ins. Um, it's, it, 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 it's something that we've seen especially recently. Like, oh, well, it's not just about reading all these seven parts. You have to read these two issues over here and this four issues and this chapter from this book to really get the whole story. Um, you get the beginning, the middle, and the end for yourself. You get the whole story. Uh, the tie-ins are optional. They're optional for the creators, too. I'm not even opting in in Thor, for example. Um, um, I am an Iron Man because it made sense for Iron Man. It didn't make sense for Thor. Um, but, uh, 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 you know, we wanted to tie in, to tie in, to grow the story, to enhance the story. Um, 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 but not to penalize you for not reading it. Um, you get more of the story, the more you read, but you're going to be well served just reading these seven issues. It's really close to nine issues because the, the, the first and the last issues are, are double sized. So, um, um, cause I hate that. And look, the economy is tough right now. Um, um, people can't afford to read 85 part crossovers. Uh, so it's not what we wanted to do. It's not what we wanted to try. We're going to try something a little bit different. We're going to try and reward you for what you want to read and see how you enjoy it rather than force you to read seven titles you would never follow in a million years, um, or just aren't interested in for whatever reason can't afford to get the whole story. Right. And, and that makes sense. And it does. Um, and, and it's, it's, and, and add, add to that, add to that stuff that I can't quite speak to both because I'm, I'm stupid and, uh, <laughs> uh, and because it's, it's not my department and I don't entirely understand it, but Marvel is doing a lot of incentive stuff on the retail level, um, um, with discounting and, and really kind of aggressive, um, sales stuff to make sense to retailers too. So retailers can really respond to what their readers are responding to, what their customers are responding to. Um, rather than saying, all right, you have to uh, force feed, you have to buy 80 copies of this book. You have to do this. You have to do that. It's, it's uh, uh, we're, we're really trying to tell the best story we can. And we've built everything else around that rather than have a marketing plan and then try to fill in the blanks, you know? Yeah, I mean it's fu- it's funny because you look at the 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 evolution of these quote unquote events, and I remember back in the eighties like Atlantis attacks and Inferno and things like that, where you you had to hop from issue to issue, but there were much fewer number of titles out there that you, it was like a, it would be a six issue or a nine issue kind of thing. Um, but now with all we yeah, know, but still, I mean, I, I I still remember you know spending every dime I could earn uh, uh, for months on Millennium. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and reading, and I've never forgiven them for that. Yeah. Like, I still feel ripped off for that. It's ridiculous the grudge I hold. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's good that you're. It's even worse now in the in the present day where we're not even talking about books that cost a dollar. We're talking about you know, yeah. two ninety nine, three ninety nine books. Yeah. And it's not cheap to to. to I, you know, well, let's not get into name calling or or you know calling it out. We all know we all know we can all name these examples. And yeah. Everybody's been guilty of it. And, you know, but. uh 
Well, yeah. Uh, uh, damn it, there's a there's a smarter way. <laughs> yeah, and I and I think it's good that you you're trying that you got. I mean, it's 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 I I don't envy the position the publisher is in because they need to sell books and they need to kind of tow both lines. But I think that the way that you guys have approached this one has been very admirable. On that, listen, you know, just get the miniseries and you'll get a story out of it. And you know, like me, I'm an X Men fan, so I'm gonna look for the X Men tie-ins, but I'm probably not gonna do the other tie-ins, that sort of thing. Um, but. Right. Uh, uh, um, or if you know, you know, if we really do a job, you'll read a scene in Fear itself, and you'll think, "Oh wow, uh, 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 that sounds really interesting. I would like to see what happens with you know Spider Man. I want to see how this. I want to see what happens." with the FF and then maybe you'll check out the FF which you wouldn't have checked out before. Right. True. Exactly. And then that, You know what I mean? So that that's that's the sign that we've ultimately done um done well. That's the that's the sign that we've done our jobs is when people read a scene with the FF in, in fear itself and then check out a book that they wouldn't have checked out otherwise for whatever reason. Yeah. And so so how many of those um I mean I met you're very I mean imagine you're very focused on your your issues in fear itself in the miniseries and you work with Tom on the editorial side, but how many of those moments, you know, is it Tom or you identifying, hey, this would be a great moment to go spin off into the Spider Man book or into the Avengers book or wherever it might be? You know, ha, you know, I, I imagine it's probably more an editorial than on your plate, but you, yeah. you as a writer yeah, I mean got, I, I, I yeah, yeah. I mean we, we I, Tom and I have, have very quickly uh, uh, sympathetic on this stuff. Um, um, I, I can't imagine the workload he is doing on this. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's very much. Uh, I'll, I'll point out what I think would work or what could be interesting, and 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 you know, I'm sure he's doing the same and reading the scripts with an eye to all that stuff and setting out. And you know, more importantly, too, rather than us say, "Hey, here's a scene where a mandatory crossover happens." I know you know the, the scripts get sent out to our peers. You know, I I, I everybody is reading these and looking for what makes sense for them to do or we're getting notes just, you know, uh, people are asking for, you know, can you help cue this up? Can you help cue that up? Hey, the Thunderbolts are doing this. Can we talk about that? You know, little, everyone is kind of, it's a, it is a very collaborative process. Right. So are there any, are there any of the other books outside of the main fear itself book that you heard the idea or you heard what somebody was doing and are like, Oh yeah. And got excited for it or. Oh, sure. Sure. Uh, I, I, I love the Spider-Man idea. Um, um, which is one of those things where I had what I would do if I was doing the Spider-Man tie-in and uh, the Spidey team uh, uh, or Wacker had come up with it or Dan, I'm not sure where the idea came from, but like the, the Spider-Man is terrific. Um, and there are others, but until the series gets going, I want to kind of keep my cards close to my chest because I don't want to tip my hand anymore. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. So, um, so we just, well, Oh, of course, Iron Man, Iron Man, oh, the Iron Man time is brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> the concept is just amazing. My God. <laughs> it's, it's, Stunningly executed, incredibly realized, beautifully drawn. The Iron Man is the perfect uh, Invincible Iron Man. It's a perfect, flawless plan. <laughs> you should buy too. It's going to be worth a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I don't want to get away from yourself because I still have a couple of questions. But like you mentioned earlier, you know, so the Thor, the Thor book is not tying in whatsoever at all. I was going to say, how much of that was t- was based off of it doesn't make sense because Thor is so much in for itself, or because we've got the movie, we need to have a number one and all that sort of decision, or or where you were taking the yeah. Thor story naturally. Uh, all of the above. It was it was me saying, you know, I, I actually pitched the reboot. I pitched the number one. I was the one that said maybe, maybe we should do this uh, um, because it worked out pretty well for Iron Man, and I think it just makes sense. You know, I I remember you know being in comic shops when Batman came out. You know, I remember the effect of that a, that a hit movie has on movie, and, and look at what Iron Man. Look at how it did with Iron Man. I mean, we 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 worked out well for Iron Man. Um, and yeah, and then and, and too, there's certainly no shortage of Thor and Fear itself. Uh, and I knew Gillen was getting Journey into Mystery up and running, um, so I knew that there would be no shortage of Asgardian stories, especially the way that I knew that Gillen was going to get to do Here's How Fear Itself is Affecting the People of Asgard that I don't have time to talk about in Fear Itself, number one. Um, and, and yeah, it just sort of made it just, it make sense, too, with where the story was, because I wanted to do the story that I'm doing, because I knew Cortell was coming for this arc, and it's like, well, I want I want to see Cortell draw... Asgard versus uh, the Silver Surfer. You know what I mean. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see him draw Thor versus Galactus. Uh, uh, and by God, that is what he is drawing. Holy cow! <laughs> is it coming along nicely? Or <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God! It is. Um, it's better than his first run on the book. Oh wow! Hands down, because he he as he sort of can confessed to me, like he feels like Pascal took it. Like took it from him, like yeah. like made it his own. Like like Pascal transformed it into Pascal's book, and now it's um, now Olivier is like, I have Pascal Ferry and Olivier Coitel competing with each other. Please <laughs> let yourself, 
let yourself just for a moment dwell on the cosmic possibilities that that situation uh, presents a writer with. It is heaven. Yeah. Um, so he is taking it back from Pascal, and it is the best work Olivier has ever done. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, and we say that all the time to promote everything from, like, short stories to uh, fucking T-shirts. Like, I get it. I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. I speak sans hyperbole. <laughs> Olivier Coitel is doing the work of his career on the Mighty Thor uh, uh, Galactus Seed arc, and uh, I will put my I, I will bet anyone uh, I will fight any man who says any different. <laughs> All right, we'll have to see. I mean, that seed those siege pages were pretty good. Those were those are that's a tough act to follow. <laughs> but uh, uh, so I thought I agree. <laughs> yes, there we go. So, and the pages from the it's just, it's great, you know. But it's it's like I've, I've loved him for so long. The opportunity to write for him is is um um. I was just hungry for it. You know, I wanted, I wanted to write the ultimate Olivier Coitel comic. And, um, um, so yeah, so it's, uh, uh, it's great fun. So that, that title, so that, that, that story with Olivier is, is how many, how many issues is that arc? Is it going to be, has it been defined? Uh, Five, five or six, I think. Okay. Back um, I have to sit. I'm, I'm, I'm no longer in my office. I'm not looking at my, in my calendar. Uh, okay. Um, but that, that's uh, the but new. Yeah, I believe it's, th- That's the new ongoing title, Thor title, though, right? I mean, that is. It's not just the yeah, little yeah. mini, right? Is that okay? Cool. Yeah, um, and then, and then seven comes next, and yep, you know, and then Pascal is, yeah, so. And so on and so forth. <laughs> um, so you know, you just came off of um, a busy month being at Chicago for the con there, as well as in Seattle, and you had a lot of time with fans. What has the fan reaction been to Fear itself and to Thor and all the stuff that's got you know? Because you know, a couple months of hype and and build up and throwing stuff out, and to actually connect with yeah. the fans and hear what they think. Um, how was that for you? Well, you know, we we had the kind of the timing where we you know we were we were just letting the pot boil and boil and boil and boil and just as it was about to tip over, like the red meat came, the solicits hit, and everything kind of we could finally get out get get get, get going on it. Um, so I think uh, my experience, your mileage may vary, was like it, we we timed it just right. Like people were going nuts. It was two of the nicest conventions I've ever been to. Um, people were insane. Uh, and excited and over the top crazy. And I had secretly brought printouts of the first issue with me and was showing them off like on the QT. <laughs> um, um, and like just building, building frenzy and like people were going nuts. It was, it was, I've never been a part of it. I mean, I thought being a part of X-Men was huge. Um, this is even bigger. This is crazy. I'm going to be signing copies of Fear Itself the rest of my life, you know? Yeah. That's pretty cool, and and now, now I was sitting in on the 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 panel at Chicago, and I you know my favorite part is the fan questions because um, oh, sure, sure. yeah because just a because you, you're getting a unfiltered kind of point of view of these are your readers, but from a creator point of view, I don't think I don't think a lot of people get what it's like to be up on that table and behind that microphone and have someone point blank ask you how does fear itself going to end, like how do you handle answering that question? <laughs> it's like. Um, it depends. You know, sometimes you answer, like, sometimes I'll answer things like incredibly truthfully and everyone thinks I'm kidding. Um, sometimes I, I don't know, you just kind of, however the mood strikes you, whatever the mood of the room is. Um, um, somebody asked me that the other day and it was like, it was like a journalist. Like, oh, um, well, I told him the truth. Um, um, but, uh, in my terms. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it, I love those. It's, it's great. But you know, that was the thing. Like it, 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 Seattle, um, a guy was, clearly perturbed with uh, uh, not being told, uh, uh, not being given the red meat of fear itself. So I decided to give it. And, uh, you know, he was really upset and like, like, like angry and kind of um, um, petulant, you know, really? um, basically daring us to give him information. I was like, all right. And so I said, uh, you know, the Red Skull isn't the all father. And a room full of 250 people gasped. <laughs> it was the greatest. It was like a cartoon. It was the greatest thing. One of the greatest moments of my career was everyone literally going, oh! uh, it was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and the crowd went nuts, so it was, yeah. it, it was great. Yeah, that's great. That's cool. And you mentioned that you know you, you think you're going to be signing copies of Fear Itself number one for the rest of your career. Like This, this is going to be one of those collections and one of those trade paperbacks that get, get sold. When you sit down to write it, does, does that bear on your mind at all, that this is going to be a tentpole oh, for no, years no. now? No, <laughs> no, you can't. I mean, that's like... Um, you know, pre-declaring a masterpiece. You know, like, well, this is going to be my what? This is going to be my Watchmen. Like, shut up. <laughs> you know, you 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 know, yeah, the writer never gets to decide that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you never get to 
you know, otherwise I'd still be writing the order in Iron Fist, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, yeah. But there's a, there's a certain level of, uh, I don't know, I don't know if responsibility is the right word, or, or just kind of like, you know, like all eyes are on you right now. And, and that's, I mean, I know personally for me, that, sure, that, that would be terribly intimidating. It was um, about a year ago on through the fall was, was where I really felt pressure. Um, that was where it was really bad. Um, um, but, uh, but at this point, like I'm, I'm done with four, I'm writing number five, Stuart's cranking along through number three. Like, it's just sort of, um, I, you know, like we're it's too late. Like, what are you, what are you going to do? Like, it's, it's like, we've already jumped off the diving board. We're going to hit the water, you know, like it's, I, I can't, it's too late to go back now. He's got to, you know, um, there's no getting out of it. Uh, so, uh, so he's got to go through it. And, um, but yeah, the, 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 the nerves and anxiety stuff is gone. What I'm really excited about is for the fucking thing to get into people's hands because Stuart, Imonen, and and Wade Von Grubadger and uh, Laura Martin have been hearing from the same four people <laughs> for six months now how genius they are. Yeah. Um, and I suspect it is running a little thin. Um, <laughs> I can't wait for the book to get out there. I, I honestly could care less at this point what people think about the story. Obviously, I hope people like it. But what I really want is for people to self-immolate when they see how good the art is. <laughs> um, um, Stuart is, is a giant. He's a fucking titan. Uh, uh, he and Wade work together uh, uh, so beautifully, and then Laura executes on a level... Uh, she's untouchable and the three of them have been doing what they do and understand they understand they've realized it's a different they've realized what this is i can't you know every book that they've done together gets better and better and has gotten bigger and bigger and this is like i you know after you see you know that last year that they did on avengers you think well that's as big as it gets for these like you think that's it i've seen these guys at their A game, this is it. and they've, they've dug and found something even bigger. Um, I can't wait for people who aren't me to start telling them that because I, it, it, they deserve it. it it's, it's hard and lonely, and it's one thing for me to write 800 buildings fall down. It's another thing for them to draw it and ink it and color it in a way that no one has ever seen before, and to paint on a canvas bigger than big, and to not, it's just, they're so good, and I want people to see them and and, and, and praise them and, 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 and kill goats, uh, in their, in their name and tattoo their, you know, their, 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 uh, their work across their chests. And, you know, I want, I want them to, to, uh, I want the world to see how good these guys are. Cause, um, um, they're, they are the best we have. And, um, um, it's a, it is a, it is a, it is a genuine privilege. And, 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 and I, I am embarrassed that I get to work with them. I feel like an idiot. You know what I mean? I feel like, I, I, it's, you know, I am, uh, I am, I am the sloth to their goonies. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, Eminem is almost, it's almost unfair how good he is. I mean, how just consistent and like the stuff he did with Bendis on Avengers and like, and then back to Ultimate Spider-Man, just all, all across his career, how he's able to change style and uh, it just, it, he, he, re, he, invent, he reinvents, he restudies, he, he's unafraid. Uh, he just, he, 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 he's not just, yeah, he's the real deal, man. He knows he knows it inside and out, and he reinvents and he reinvents and he reinvents and he gets somehow better and stronger. And just when you think you know Stewart's bag of tricks, when you think I have a grasp on who Stewart is in a, as an artist, he surprises you and gives you things that you never knew you wanted or that he could do or that existed. It just it's so good. I can't wait. I cannot wait. For it to get out, because um, um, these guys, are, these guys are the best. What was the collaboration with Stuart like? I mean, how much, how you know, how much direction did you give him from an artistic standpoint? Or was it just purely, hey, here's the script, here are my descriptions, run with it, and you know, or did he consult you on what he wanted I to mean, do stylistically? I, 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 uh, no, no, I would never dare. I, you know, I, I, I suspect I call shots more than I want to, but I never really want to. And all my scripts come with the caveat of like, look, this is just how I see it in my head, and. You know, I come from a film and an animation background. I'm really not trying to call shots or tell you what to do. I'm just trying to, this is just my, my process. Throw out what doesn't work. Um, do what you want. Do what you need. Do what best serves the, 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 the project. And don't worry, I'll take credit for it all later. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? I just try to stay out of his way and not be a pest, you know? Right. Um, I want to be as helpful and, and clear as, as possible. Um, 
but after, you know, it's it's a, it's a thing. It's a big weird thing. Yeah, I've never had the opportunity to meet him, but I've heard he's the nicest guy too. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. the other thing is yeah. he's um, staggeringly humble and quiet, and, yep. you know, unassuming and you know, polite and Canadian and everything. And, yeah, I was gonna say well, 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 well attired and uh, <laughs> and Catherine is a delight, and you know, you just they're they're almost. Uh, they are uh, too good to be true, the two of them. Yeah. Oh, man, you read I'm that? Sure they're, um, I'm sure they're like a con men or something, like, uh, <laughs> yes. changing from town to town, uh, changing names and uh, scamming old ladies over pension checks or something. It's, it's, uh... <laughs> are you reading that uh, Wolverine and Jubilee series that Catherine wrote? That's great. Oh, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I, that blew me away. I was like, oh, wow, this is really and, good. And, and, and Phil. Yeah. And, and Phil Noto. Yeah. Um, uh, one of those guys that uh, is going to blow up. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah, he's great. Everything he does is, I've, he's never disappointed. But um, yeah, that first issue yeah. really blew me away. That was great. Anyway, anyway, back to. So, speaking of the actually speaking of the X Men, um, so you're coming off of uh, your multi year run on Uncanny X Men. Um, yeah, I think, I think the, the last one that I had anything to do with. Uh, uh, is out, uh, and it has been as as quarantine went on. It was more Kieran's book than mine. Um, um, uh, and now we are we are well, while he's still clearly, I think, going to have to deal with some of the you know plates that I had started to spin. It is now very much Kieran's book. Um, and hopefully, the hopefully the transition during the during the course of quarantine was as seamless. Um, it seemed to you as it was to us. Oh yeah, no, it, it definitely seemed very seamless. But so now with Fear itself coming in, you know how much, you know how much does the X Men have a role in Fear itself, if at all? Um, do they? Do... Oh yeah, they have a they have a they have a role. Um, um, they, they are much more focused to the tie-ins, and then they'll sort of show up towards the ending when it is the um, the, the the grand finale. Um, but uh uh. uh they're they they have big they have a big part of the story. And that's kind of the other thing about having you know this um, array of weapons, this array of hammers, is it lands in different places and, and provokes different people into action. So um, while the miniseries is very much the Cap and Thor show uh, until the end, um, their their tie-ins are particularly crucial with what comes next for them. And uh, and when we get to this ending, you'll everybody will kind of see and understand, I suspect. Um, where we are headed, this this whole architects thing, uh, the, the, a lot of things are going to start to make sense. Uh, we have a plan, we have a vision. We are like the Cylons, uh, <laughs> uh, we are in, and we are uh, we are making it happen. Yeah. Um, and fear itself is the first step. Um, and the way that Civil War kind of set the Marvel universe up for like five years, this is. Uh, fear itself is seeing us on this on this course for where we're going. Yeah, cool. So, so now as onto on the X Men run, um, I, I, you know how every now and then you read something that sticks with you, and and I actually read uh, something you posted on Twitter years ago that was uh, something along the lines of uh, it was a message to yourself twenty years ago that you're you're at home writing Uncanny X Men number five hundred and everything's going to be okay. And that yeah. that all that that stuck with me because I totally know exactly where you come from. But so now here you are coming off of that uncanny X Men experience. How has that experience of writing those historic characters and bitterly I'm biased because they're my favorite characters and that sort of thing. But how how when you look back on your stint on Uncanny X Men, you know how do you grade yourself or how do you think it was? How do you think you, you fared amongst the uh, mutants? Uh, I give you know, I, I I give myself a gentleman's D on everything I write. <laughs> um, um, so uh, I have a gentleman's D. Uh, uh, that's just the way my head works. Um, it's the toughest job you'll ever love. It was a thrill. It was a privilege. Um, um, and to wrestle, it is also a delight to be done with it in that I no longer have to wrestle with what fan Matt wants and what writer Matt wants. Um, as, as were I allowed to write it as a fan, it would have been a wildly different book. Um, it also would have been awful and unreadable (laughs) and it would have been, you know, there's a reason why they call it fan service and not writing. Yeah. Um, um, you know what I mean? So like, it was it was fascinating to see, like, that's really, you know, Nightcrawler, for example. When it, it, He's my favorite. And when it came up in the room as we were breaking the Second Coming event, uh, it, it hit me really hard. And Fan Matt said, fuck, no, Nightcrawler's the best. He's my favorite You're out of your fucking mind. I barely got to use him. You know, I barely got Nightcrawler in this book already. How dare you? <laughs> uh, but writer Matt realized, like, it, it, was, it, made, it, it worked. It made it, it made it real. It made it heavy. It made it really hurt. And everybody was clearly bummed out. And writer Matt was like, ah, oh, you know what I mean? Like, it's this crazy dichotomy. You have to fight with yourself constantly to look at what you want as a fan of, you know? So... 
And that's, you know, I'm glad that I'm done with that. I'm glad that I now get to just return to X-Men as a fan and as a reader. And I now get to watch my friends execute on the level at which I know they are capable of. And I no longer have to worry about, um, you know, I, I now get to uh, 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 bitch and complain about how they're blowing it, uh, uh, just like everybody else. Yeah. Well, I told I told Kieran when I when I heard the news that he was co-writing with you, and I was like, "You better not fuck up Cyclops." <laughs> so, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, so. and that's the thing too. Like you, you know, you it's it's weird to be done with them. It's such a loud book. It's such a turbulent, um, complicated book. Uh, you know, it's it's weird. It's, it's I'm still processing. It's very much like a breakup. It's very much like the end of a relationship. That's interesting. So, um, so I mean, one of the one of the conversations that we've been having a lot around the X Men is just that you know they were you know they were the height of comics. You know, right when I imagine when you and I started reading, probably at the same same, same time. You know, the eighties they were huge and that sort of thing. Now, you know, the past ten years they've kind of faded in the kind of the background. Um, what is it? Do you think oh, we 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 made it a top ten book again? True, true. I mean, it's not number one, but yeah. I mean, look, we made it a top ten book, and we made a top ten book in months when there wasn't an event, there wasn't a death. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm, I'm a little proud. That we Good. Were, and the you people should be. Marvel that were even surprised yeah. at, uh, at what it was capable of. You know, it was like I know, like the industry is down from what it was selling in the '80s, but yeah. you know. Oh yeah, well, no. Next, we're gonna do a top ten book again for us. Uh, 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 I'm, I'm, you know, it's um. Uh, uh, X Men didn't get smaller. Comics did. Yeah, that's the <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, no, and, and and it's it's tough because it's like it's kind of like you know everybody can always look behind and like that's and kind of where I was getting to was there's this shadow of of expectation or shadow of performance and and sure, sure. especially what you know the industry is so different now and the and you know there's so many other titles and so many other different options and you know you've got every little X Men fan. Admittedly, you know even me, I separate it from a, as a, you know like you said you separate from fan to writer. I'm fan to journalist. I want X Men to be the number yeah. one book again. I want to be on top again so it's it's uh yeah i can't imagine what that's like but so working with kieran on it um it's i thought found it interesting because you know marvel's really you know and you've been the product of this of this kind of uh pairing writers together like you and brubaker worked together on iron fist and then you know and and took off but now you're on the other side of that uh thing where you kind of brought kieran on and you guided him on the x-men and now you're kind of handing him off what was it like to be on the other side of that 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 keyboard in that regard I mean, I, I mean, I believe in paying it forward. First off, I mean, there were a lot of people that did right by me along the way. Um, but look, I mean, I remember my first X Men retreat um, having uh, giving Nick Lowe my copies of Sonogram. <laughs> like, I, 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 I was fighting for Kieran for a long time. I mean, he's he is one of my favorite writers. Uh, period. Um, without uh, without qualification or equivocation, I love what Karen writes. I love what he does. I love how he thinks. He constantly surprises me, etc. I mean, I literally gave Nick my own copies of, of Phonogram and my own trade uh, to uh, to get Karen's work with that. But but again, it, it just made because he was a great writer. He didn't need me to do that. It would have been a matter of time before Nick came across a copy or Axel or or Daniel or any of the other you know editors came across somebody. It would have happened. There was there was uh, I just happened to to be first. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter who. Look, I could give Nick a, a, a thousand copies of you know the worst comic ever written, and he would just be annoyed, be annoyed because I had filled his office with a thousand copies of the worst comic ever written. There's no guarantee of you know. Well, gosh, Matt gave me your comic. You get work. It sort of doesn't work like that. The cure is gifted, you know, um, in the way that you know. Uh, 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 it was Brian that, that gave Tom Brevoort copies of, I think, Red Mask for Mars that, that, that got John talking to Marvel Hickman. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's what you do. It's, it's how, it has, how it works. Uh, it's impossible to stay on top of things. Um, and, and, and I suspect it's a little bit like, it's going to be a little bit like the sex life of porn stars. When this is what you do at the office all day, the last thing you want to go, you do when you go home is, you know, keep at it. So it's easy to, um, to, to miss things. So we, we all rely on each other to, to clue us into what, you know what, what, what's going on, and, and where where new talent pops, and and Kieran would have uh, would have been on his on his way to world domination with or without me. It was just a, a privilege to be able to, to 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 pay it forward in the way that that, that others have done for me, um, with someone of whom I uh, am so smitten with as a as a fan. <laughs> Cool, very cool. Yeah, and um, I'm a huge fan of him as well, so I was glad to see him get on my favorite book because you know it's, it's a great fit. So that's perfect. Yeah, and, and now, and, and there's something hilarious about he and Jason Aaron as they're kind of like, um, you know, like the the, the kind of co-captains of, of the good ship acts with uh, with uh, uh, with with Remender as um, um, the sort of um, 
uh, Dr. McCoy to complete their triumvirate <laughs> of like just to, to see uh, to see the three of them together. Um, and like I know stuff that's coming, and uh, uh, it's going to be so good. And I miss it. it. Makes me miss it as a writer. It makes me bummed that I don't get to play that I'm not playing in that playground right now. Like it's, it's going to be. A, it's, they have a great roadmap, and the way they they are in three weird tastes. Get, uh, uh, put together. You look at him like oh, that is the weirdest fucking lineup I've ever. Those three dudes are the weirdest three dudes. Uh, and then you hear what they're up to, and they all just fit. They just fit together. Uh, 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 <laughs> it's great. It's yeah, great. the X Men are in great hands. Well, I like Remender is McCoy, but who's Spock and who's Kirk between Aaron and Kieran? <laughs> uh, um, hmm, I think. Uh, they're sort of like inside out Kirk and inside out Spock. Um, um, Gillen has uh, has Kirk's sort of uh, mania and pauses, um, but also has the kind of um, um, steely logic and discipline. Uh, whereas Jason is quiet and taciturn, yep. but when he does speak, uh, he unloads such a torrent of passion and violence that uh, uh, it, it's 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 hard to explain, but it makes sense to me. Okay. Inside out Kirk, inside out Spock, and then McCoy is like, uh, you know, like ADD uh, uh, McCoy or something. Yeah. Um, but let, let, let's we forget Rick Remender is the man that coined the phrase dick tits. Yeah, uh, uh, so we... <laughs> and got millions of people to buy in the video game. So it's <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 the, the, the Remender got uh, Arlie Ermey in a t-shirt that said dick tits on it is uh, like... Like if I was him, I would have walked. I just would have walked around with my hands over my head, like I like Rocky on top of it, like like for a week. I just would have been like a ch- the champion of my whole house. Yep. <laughs> he, so, he, totally, it, it is a, he won in that moment. I don't sound like I'm selling it anymore. I no longer sound like I'm selling it anymore. I sound like I'm trying to warn people away. But I promise you, it's, uh, it's them and everybody else. Uh, Dan Lay is uh, still. It's great. It's, it's it's great. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I've I've been saying it for the past couple years. Ever since. I mean, Second Coming to me was really the kind of stake in the ground where okay, you know, like I kind of saw saw the the X Men universe you know, getting, you know, kind of back to where, like, Second Coming felt like an X-Men story. It, it, I, I praised it as much as I could. And then, you know, what what Aaron's been doing on Wolverine and what Rick's been doing on X-Force is just, I mean, I really think we're, you know, it's getting, you know, you've you've helped propel the X-Men to a point where I think it's it's, it's going to be a good point. Has there been a better, a better launch of a title than X-Force in the last five years? Can you think of another... Was it five issues Jeez. are out now? Six issues are out? Six issues, yeah, six. Okay. Six issues. I mean, has, has, has there been a better six-issue launch? I, I, Rick's X-Force is a is, is, is tremendously good. Yeah, yeah. That's really... and, and after uh, uh, a, a, a fantastically definitive era, you know, it sort of looked like a suicide mission, but um, mm. he's just completely reinvented. It, it, it's a how-to and how to... How to relaunch a uh, how to relaunch a book and make it a hit like a real hit? Yeah, um, it's and, and 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 so well deserved. It's it's terrific. It's terrific stuff. Yeah, cool. Well, so speaking of speaking of relaunches, you've got a relaunch of of sorts kind of coming up on your creator on side um, with this fall where, where we're getting some new Casanova stuff, right? Is that still on track? Yeah, yeah. That will uh, that will start in September. Um, the new issues are thirty two pages of new comics content. All by Gabriel Ba, myself, Chris Peters, and Dustin Harbin. So uh, 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 we, we are we are doing everything we can to make sure we're basically launching. You know, the entire what we used to do in seven months, we're now doing in four. So it's uh, <laughs> uh, uh, a learning curve for everybody. Um, but uh, but yeah, we are we are cranking along. First issue is being colored and lettered as we speak. Uh, I'm tearing through the script for number two, and when we launch, you know, will be September, October, November, December. Yeah, so so it's it's a different world than the last time we saw new Casanova material, I think, for you, for all of you guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, has yeah, that, very much so. Yeah, has that affected it at all, or is it still the kind of the same, got the band back together and the same kind of, you know, energy? Yeah, I mean, it took us a while to get, it took us a while to get here. Uh, there were some other, there are things that we could control, and there are things that we couldn't control. There are a lot of things outside of our, our realm of control that happened. Um, um, but, uh, 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 leaving one publisher, finding the right place for it. Um, and it just all kind of took a while to get us there. And two, it wasn't until Casanova 2 had come out that any kind of, I'm, I don't want to be crass, but money came in at all from Casanova 1. And it was like a hundred bucks. It was puny. Um, so, you know, do the hardest work of your entire life for free. And tell me how long, and tell me how long you, you can handle it until you fuck off and go do something for, for so you can keep your lights on, you know. 
Um, and, and there's the thing is ultimately we all just started to get paid for our work. And as much as we love Casanova, then what, then it became about, well, this is, we have a, a paying job now to get to place. And anyway, it just took us a while to get to where we are. And now we are where we are. And here we go. Um, um, and, 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 you know, and volume four is going to keep, keep up right after volume three. There won't be much of a pause, you know, a couple of months pause between volumes, but a uh, uh, volume four is going to start right after volume three. So it's selling better than it ever did. It's selling as good as it did at image. It's, uh, uh, and he's involved in reprint, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, um, the reprints are selling better than the originals did. So, uh, I hope that that is a good sign for the all new content. There's a brand new story in Gula Number Four, which will come out in a couple of weeks. Uh, it's me and Ba, and it sets up some intriguing stuff from Volume Three. So, if you want to get a taste of what Volume Three is going to be like, check out the end of uh, of, of, of Gula Number Four. And uh, and yeah, it's a big. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, 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 I had a, 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 a sort of been what I've been writing the last couple of days, is, is, so I'm, I'm very much in a cast another state of mind right now. Oh, cool, excellent. Well, well, I mean, I think it's really interesting because we've seen, you know, over the past couple of years, we've seen a lot of, uh, of you guys who uh, had creator on work or independent work, and then kind of rise through the ranks at both Marvel and DC and Vertigo and those kind of types. And over the past year or so, we've seen a lot of kind of people like you know Bendis going back to creator on with Scarlet and and things like that, and and now you kind of returning to Casanova. Is it you know ha- as a Writer, how and there will be and there will be more stuff after Casanova. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also and and Hickman announced you know announced that he's got it, he's launching another one this yeah. summer with Image. Yeah, and it's great to hear that there's more coming after Casanova. So like for you guys, you know, how do you parse between you know okay I'm on I'm on Marvel's dime I'm doing Marvel six one six you know got to do this but I've got this kind of idea and I got to put it over here for a little while till I can get to it. Like is that is that frustrating or? Oh, sure. No, I wish that the comics industry was the kind of place where I could do whatever I wanted to do when I wanted to do it and be paid for it, but it's not. Um, um, there's no part of the industry that is set up to work on that kind of paradigm. Um, um, so, it's, yeah, it's a matter of timing. It's a matter of talent. It's a matter of work, of, of partnership. You know, um, it's a matter of, of, of finding the right person and, 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 and finding the right deal and finding the right publisher and, and knowing how to sell. It's an entirely different economic paradigm. It's an entirely different creative paradigm. It's just a, um, it's not quite apples and oranges, um, but it's sort of like oranges and tangerines. You know what I mean? Like they're not so far away from each other, but different enough to be different things. Right. And, and and it's funny because you know you 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 see a lot of you know I talk to a lot of fans I t- you know we a lot of the the message board comments and things like that and a lot of fans are under the the mis I think the misconceived notion that you guys save your best stuff for your creator own stuff which is I think does a disservice I yeah I some some dudes might I don't I because I, I think that's a one way ticket to shitty writing I have no shortage of ideas um it's it's, it's all it's it's not uh. I'm going to say, oh, this is too good for the X-Men. I'm saving, uh, that's stupid. I, 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 anybody who writes like that is a, uh, is a hack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I would imagine a Casanova idea might not have as great yeah, the, a place in Marvel. As yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, uh, there's, a, there's a thing I'm working on. It's like a, 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 like a period mystery um, set kind of in and around the golden age of television. Um, um, and like, where am I going to tell that story? <laughs> this month in Iron Man, it's 1954. What? It makes no sense. It, there's no, you know what I mean? Like, uh, now there are times when you do find ways to to kind of do that stuff. Like, I, I wanted to do like a like another kind of you know a sort of a five like a time travel Doctor Who kind of story. And I found a place for that next time. There, there's always places where these ideas find their, their way. But it's not like they're not like. Um, like completely quarantined, uh, can, you know, there's, there's no like idea containment vessel that allows you to, it all bleeds into everything else. And no, it's just, it's, it's always, uh, yeah, it's just a different thing. I mean, John's doing a thing about like fighter pilots with planes that travel through time, you know, like, like, where does he tell that story? Where, oh, finally, in the, in the pages of Fantastic Four, the FS take on a wildly new, you know, it just, it's just, it's, yeah, there's, there's, uh, it's a different thing. Yep. <laughs> and so, um, oh, and so the, the, the fan process junkie of me with Casanova is, so is the, the new Casanova series going to be fully colored or is it going to be single colored? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Full, full color, full color, full color uh, uh, laid out by hand. There is a, um, 
a palette has been selected, and uh, uh, yeah, it looks just as crazy and psychedelic as the first two volumes. <laughs> so uh, Casanova is a book that always kind of I, I I love giving it to people to see what their reactions are. Um, where I, you know sometimes, and I hate to you know I hate to use the term that like, some people get it and some people don't get it because you know, but it definitely is one that that is a bit more of a challenging read for everybody. How does when you know fan feedback comes to you or folks come back, you know, like have you have you met fans at conventions who just didn't get it and came to you looking for you to explain? it or <laughs> uh, you know I, I no no one's ever come up to my face and said that um, and there have been like kind of internet tough guys uh, and I put it out there ask me ask me any question articulate your question and I will answer it I will answer literally anything you have as long as it doesn't spoil something which invariably how does it end you know I, I, no ask me I'm, I'll, 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 I'll walk you through it come to me and you know um Howard Chicken had this great line about American flag where uh, uh, somebody would say like, uh, uh, yeah, I read it, but uh, and I didn't get it. He said, yeah, maybe you should read it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, well, that's great. That's great for Howard. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I, I believe in, you know, my favorite comics are books that treat me like a co-conspirator and not like an idiot. Um, um, I like, I like a medium that rewards me for being smart rather than, uh, uh, rewards me for being too hip for it. You know, I, um, um, yeah, it's, I believe in, in, in books that invite you to unlock them and to study them, to spend time with them and to get lost in the world and walk around. And I don't, I'm not interested in being spoon fed. Uh, I want to explore and, 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 uh, uh, you know, I'm just writing the book I want to read. It has nothing to do with get or don't get. It's not deliberately and willfully obscurant, uh, uh, obscurantism on my part. It's, uh, this is, this is the kind of stuff that I want to read. This is the stuff that I want to see more of. I want, I want books that, 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 that treat me like a, you know, like a, like the college dropout I am rather than a high school dropout. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So this is very, very much a similar, similar conversation I had with Hickman a couple, a while back where he, you know, he made it very clear is that he's not writing down to an audience. He's writing for him and, yeah. and, and everybody and hopes that everybody can come. Not that he's at some level or not that you're at some level, but that it's, you know, it shouldn't, you know, we're, we're in a different age than, 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago with comics, and I yes. think the, the language yes. has evolved. So, yeah. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Even, you know, even look at something like television. Look at the difference between something, you know, like, uh, well, whatever. It's, it's, yeah, I, I just, I believe, I would like to believe that my audience is at bare minimum as smart as I am, but by practice much brighter than I. So I am writing to, uh, I'm writing to keep bright people entertained. And th- and those are really the best comics. Like when you you put it down and it just blows you away because you didn't you know because I've read a lot of comics and I've seen a lot of and I could see a lot of things coming and I could see a lot of you know okay I get that and this is where it's coming. But every now and then you put down a book that just is just like wow where did that guy come from? And th- those are the kind of the books that I look for personally. So um, yeah. and I, and Casanova for me that was one of them. I put that down. I was just like wow. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Is, yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I hope uh, you know it took me a year to figure out how to write the new volume. I, I hope you enjoy it. Oh cool, excellent. I can't wait to read it. So. Awesome. All right. Well, I've taken up enough of your time. So we've got Fear Agent. Uh, Fear Agent. That's Revenger. Sorry. Uh, Fear Itself. <laughs> Fear Itself. Uh, the new Thor book. You're still rolling on Iron Man. you got Casanova. you got a full plate. And, she, and you got two kids. You, I mean, you, you're a busy man. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, two kids. Baseball season starts tomorrow. Everything's, yes. Uh, everything's, going, everything's going shithouse. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks so much, Matt. We really appreciate it. All right, brother. Take it easy. Thanks a lot. So big thanks to Matt for taking some time out of his busy schedule to talk to us. Uh, hopefully you got some insights on Fear Itself as well as his other stuff. Really interesting to hear what he thought about his run on X-Men. Um, so tune in next time for another great interview with a great creator. Go to ifanboy.com where you can see all the great news and all the great articles and writings that go on there as well as the weekly Pick of the Week podcast. Um, and also don't forget to subscribe to iFanboy Don't Miss where we talk to a creator every week about a book that's coming out. Uh, that's a great podcast, so go subscribe to that in iTunes. If you have any questions or any creators you'd like to recommend that we talk to, uh, shoot us an email, contact at ifanboy.com. And as always, follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash ifanboy. So until next time, I'm Ron, and enjoy your comics. Yeah.